If you could only watch one Justin Long movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? Galaxy Quest. Check it out. Starring Alan Rickman, Scoring Weaver. I'm going to go with Tusk because oh, I'm a really? sick puppy. Hello and welcome to Gutted. I'm Elise. And I'm Tony and we're here to spill our guts about horror films. And today we have a very special something for you, our wonderful Patreon members. (laughs) Elise, what do we have in store today? Today we have a post-gut episode. It's our first post-gut episode. In the last year we started these pre-guts where we review a trailer of a horror movie that we have not seen before. So we review new movies that have not come out yet. And we also review some older movies that we have not seen. And we'd like to predict what's going to happen in that movie based off of just the trailer. No previous research. We don't look anything up because you could probably find spoilers online if you were to type in the name into Google. Even when we go on IMDb, we we don't scroll down to the actors because sometimes it it spoils when it says like who the actor's playing. It's like, oh, this person's going to play this person and their evil twin. <laughs> Spoiler. So we pretty much just look at who is the director, the writer, and maybe who is starring in it. And it's a fun way to both test our horror prowess and to confront our love-hate relationship with movie trailers in general. Yeah. You know, when we go see a movie in the theater, I love the trailers. I'm like, okay, what new movies are coming out? So I love to see the trailers to see what's what is coming out, what I want to see. But often by the second cut trailer of a movie, then you start seeing spoilers in movies in like the 70s and the 80s. You're like, oh, man, they just spoil the whole thing. Who dies? (laughs) The ending. Like they show like the whole like five minutes at the end. And that is my hate part of trailers because it tells you what's going to happen when it should have been a surprise. But because they give us so much little nuggets and stuff, we could actually test to see if we can break down well not so much breakdown but just like guess what's going to happen in the movie it's just a fun little game that we like to play the post cut that we are doing today is for barbarian Mm -hmm. came out last year 2022 from lionsgate and that trailer was one that a lot of people could not guess what was going to happen so it kind of like it took our love hate relationship with trailers and just turned it into love it was a trailer done right it gave you just enough to want to go see the movie but not enough to spoil the movie although going back and watching the trailer you can see little tiny clips from later as the movie progresses but it doesn't give anything away so well done to whoever cut that trailer good job and i don't know if zach Kreger, the writer director had a hand in the way the trailer was edited if he was like okay i don't want anything major reveal just terror yeah people's faces looking terrified And it was pretty good, pretty effective. Like it it was enough to hook me and not enough to spoil what was going to happen or even the plot. I had no idea what the movie was really going to be about. And that made for some fun predictions. So in this post-cut episode, we are going to look back at some of those predictions. And we're also going to just talk about the movie in general. We will be spoiling it. So if you haven't seen Barbarian, definitely go check that out. You can pause and, you know, so this is your spoiler warning. But I feel like by now everyone's seen Barbarian. It was a hot item, a hot movie of last year. 2022 was a good year for horror movies. 
and it was one of the top. I think we gave it our number three spot on our top 10 of 2022. Top 10 of 2022. Can't remember. I'm going to have to double check that one. All right, let's get right into it. So, Tony, what was your best prediction from the pre-gut? So, we had to go back and watch our episode on Barbarian and see where our predictions lied. And I would say we weren't horribly off, but we did miss the mark. We had some inklings that were semi-correct. I would say that my best prediction from the trailer is that I thought that Justin Long was going to be the Barbarian. And that is still kind of up in the air as to who or what is the barbarian. I think in the movie, there are several barbaric type characters. Mm -hmm. Justin Long is definitely one of those. And um, so that was the closest thing that I got to correct that he is not going to be a good person. He was not a good person. Yeah. And when we rewatched our pre-gut, when you said Justin Long is the barbarian, I was like, ooh, that's actually pretty good because he was a type of barbarian. And when we first were introduced to his character, it turns out that there is some scandal. He's like, a, I don't know, a writer in Hollywood and there's scandal and he is being dropped from the project because there have been sexual allegations against him. And of course, he's saying, no, it's blown out of proportion. And you don't quite know who to believe because he seems seems genuine enough at first, but then he starts dropping these little nuggets that hint that his character is not so good. Mm -hmm. He uses a lot of unsavory language towards women. When he meets up with his friend in Michigan, he immediately calls him the F word. The F derogatory word. Yeah. And you're like, oh, as like a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, oof. He's stuck in 2002. He's stuck in 2002. So like, okay, well, you know, he's using the vernacular of not a good or thoughtful person. Could he have done these things? And he admits to his friend, like, okay, look, I'm going to level with you. She said no at first, but then she came around and you're like, ugh, this isn't, you know, pleading your case. <laughs> you're not sounding like a good person. But were there like any hints for you that like made you think like maybe he is not as bad as he seems. No, I think it's pretty clear from the start that this guy is a little skeezy. Um, just in his attitude and the way he treats people and how he goes about, even on the phone call, going straight into denial of claims against him. I just accepted it for, for what it was. I didn't think like, oh, he's going to have some sort of retribution. I was just thinking like, all right, this guy's a little skeezy, especially when he got to, um, to Detroit got to the house and met up with his buddy, then that confirmed it. Yeah. So after that, it's just like, okay, this guy's a little sleazy. But he did have that phone call that he, the drunken phone call that he made to Megan, who was accusing him of the crimes. And he was crying and he was apologizing. And you're like, okay, it doesn't absolve you, but he does show remorse. And there's another scene towards the end where he's talking to Tess and the the water tower man and he is saying am i a bad person i don't know but i have to do something good he's like am i a good person who's done bad things exactly. or am i a bad person i need to fix this but it's so always seems like a selfish interest like he's doing it just to clear his name not out of any you know trying to be a good person i don't know in that one moment when he's breaking down he does seem vulnerable and you're like okay do i have to start liking him now because 
he really does seem wrought with guilt. And he's like, am I a good person that's done bad things or am I just a bad person? And he seems like he genuinely does not want to be a bad person. So he wants to do something like one step towards making it right. And that's taking Tess to the hospital. And you're like, oh man, do I have to like be on this guy's team now? And then in the very end, when they get to the top of the water tower and he pushes Tess off the water tower to save himself, you're like, oh no, good, phew. Yeah, so that it just confirms everything that you thought about him. It's just self-interest. Yeah, like, okay, I don't have to like this guy. He truly is a bad person that yeah. does bad things. Yeah, so Justin Long, bad guy. And I love the dialogue, the writing in this movie. So good job, Zach Kreger. When he gets to the bottom of the water tower and discovers that Tess is still alive and he says that comment, he's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. You were slipping and I couldn't catch you. So he's either delusional or a liar. Like, does he try to erase his memory and convince himself that he tried to help her when we know as an audience member that he truly was out for self-preservation and pushed her off. So good dialogue. And then you're like, okay, now everything in the past that you claimed was blown out of proportion, you realize that's not true. Probably not true. Yeah. I, I remember um, when we saw this in the theater, that was one of the the takeaways um, that you had. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, like this is totally, that totally fits that character of, or that, person spinning the deed that they did to make themselves seem innocent yeah and almost his, the point of like purposely trying or willfully trying to delude oneself into believing that what they did they had to do or seemed right at the time yeah totally yeah, hmm. yeah. <laughs> so i mean just an interesting character because he's going through what he goes through and you're constantly like teetering whether you should empathize with him or be like no screw you i'm gonna be happy to see your eyes gouged out and yeah. your head ripped apart like jelly <laughs> and i think by the end when that moment comes then everybody is happy and pretty much clapping yeah and his face <laughs> cracks open like a watermelon <laughs> Yeah. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Retribution. Yes. So hopefully you've seen the movie if you're listening this part because uh, we're we didn't really cover any sort of like plot. So my best prediction, not much. And it was funny watching the pre gut tone. I was like, Elise is really good at predicting what's going to happen. <laughs> and then watching the the pre gut, I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm terrible. I had some wild predictions. I put the pressure on you for sure. I know. So I had some some way out there predictions. My best one was that Georgina Campbell, Tess, will burrow deeper into the basement. End of that good prediction. Hey, that's you're just using the logical series of events. Yeah. Looking so at the poster, she's at the top of the stairs looking down. She can only go down. We know that she'll go in the basement, but I predicted that she'll go even deeper. So that's where my good prediction ends, because right after that, I was like, she's going to get into a network of like this whole community is in on it. And every house that she burrows up into is going to be worse than the last one. So is that your worst prediction? That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's way off. But I think my worst prediction was that Georgina is the barbarian. I loved that prediction. I thought that would have been a really nice twist that she was the one who was luring these men to the house. Yeah. And then um, 
claiming that she was like, "Uh oh, we got double booked. I exactly. guess I got to traffic you." Yeah, like, "Oh no, I have the same reservation." Well, Bill, I have your ID now and now I'm going to sell you. So that easily could have been another version of the movie that would have been interesting. But, you know, the movie goes this whole like really grotesque route of the underground uh, underground family. Yeah. The sort of like mutated inbred creatures that become monsters with the perpetrator just living there, kind of like hunkered down in his little gross nasty pit you know, of I despair i wouldn't call mama a monster though she's a tragic figure she's she, a tragic figure. that's her world and I she doesn't to, know any different yeah to the unknown viewer i guess she is a monster she's feral she doesn't know the rules of society, society. or civilization and um she knows survival so she's a feral being who somehow has like super monster strength she got really strong <laughs> Yeah. Nothing to do in the that basement other than just like do pull-ups all day. Yeah, as the water tower man says, she's a copy of a copy of a copy because the the main bad man kidnapped women and had babies with them and then had babies with those babies. Yeah, so, so real di- real disturbing turn that this very movie took. Disturbing. Yeah. What was your most way off prediction? Most so off prediction. My worst I have I have two. I know this is slightly cheating. I don't know if I want to call these our worst predictions. I want to call them our most um, creative. (laughs) This is my most creative prediction. This one's a quick one that requires no explanation. But I I said that Justin Long is the mailman. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was trying to figure out who his character was. And I'm like, man, what would he what purpose would he have to come to this house and be? And I was like, maybe he's the mailman. Just gets stuck in this situation but my most creative prediction was that there is an underground network of pod people i think we were riffing off each other a little bit i think that would have also been a very interesting movie if she goes under the into the tunnel and um you know finds mama and finds the uh i don't know what to call him but the the serial killer the rapist character and then if she goes to you know, thinks she escapes, finds a way out. The only way out is through and then ends up in another house. And there is like more nasty, crazy stuff or mutated people or something like that. Like, I thought that would have been quite an interesting take on the movie that didn't quite happen. But uh, we I don't know if we ever saw the entire scope of that underground bunker network i think we did i think the very last door was the the very bad man it was his room oh okay so there was nothing past that i don't think so i think that was it okay um yeah that didn't happen uh pod people thing i think we got that vibe because in the trailer there was this sort of that sort of robotic voice it was the the breastfeeding video the breastfeeding yeah it almost sounded like it could have been in the purge universe yeah like a brainwashing video Right. So I think that's what led us to think maybe this is some sort of um, sci-fi element to it, like a pod people kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a conspiracy, or, underground syndicate. Or what was that? Um, there was like an episode of Black Mirror and I think in the first season where there was someone who was being kidnapped and they had to relive their their <gasps> kidnapping or their like over and over again. That was a good, that was a good episode. It yeah. kind of gave me that kind of vibe with, yeah. but you know, that, that was, that totally just threw us off the trailer. Almost like an underground big brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't there. Uh, okay. What movie 
did Barbarian remind you of, if any? Well, in when I first saw the trailer in the pre guys, it reminded me of Red Eye because it starts off as like a rom com and then ends in horror. But after seeing the movie, uh, it reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, okay. Where she goes underground and Leatherface is this character that is almost like she's trying to reason with Leatherface and Leatherface does seem more of like a victim than a killer. And like he's just a victim of circumstance and he's almost childlike or remedial in his notions of society. He just knows that he wants to care for something. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like mama. She just knows that she wants to innately care for something. Mm -hmm. So you almost, you feel for Leatherface and TCM too. You feel for mama and barbarian. So I would say Texas Chainsaw too. The movie (laughs) reminds me of a little movie called Castle Freak that also involves a sort of disfigured uh, person, you haven't seen it, so I won't spoil it too much. It? I popped it on. It's believe it's on Shutter, oh. and it also is probably on Tubi. Mm. So popped it on. It's a Stuart Gordon flick. Um, very dark, very moody. Takes place in a castle, and also, um, yeah, disfigured person that is you know doing things. I think also inspired by the novel Jane Eyre, which we saw the book. <gasps> In the movie was inspired by Jane Eyre. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was inspired by Jane Eyre, but there's there's that, you know, the person who's locked away character from Jane Eyre. I haven't read Jane Eyre. I've seen the movies. She's read it. She's a big Jane Eyre fan. Um, That's the whole somebody's locked away in the attic. Yeah. And are they a monster or a victim? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of that in Castle Freak and there's definitely some of that in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. All right. I have a wild card question for you. Okay. Uh, Do you think that Mama is the only one of the children? (gasps) If we were to get a sequel, Barbarian 2, do you think there would be more Mama type creatures down there? Interesting. Water Tower Man did say that babies were made with babies, and that's such a gross term, but there is the potential that there could have been other family members down there that were created. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, did we see the whole scope of the (gasps) underground network? Because we did see those cages with food bowls in the cages. And I think I, at the time I assumed that those were for the people that he kidnapped. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm thinking about it, if he viewed these children of his to be feral or wild and he wanted to contain them, then he might have been so cruel as to keep them in a cage with a food bowl. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe there's more rooms. Maybe there's more of these creatures. There were lots of doors. This guy was handy. Yeah. I'm assuming that he made this. What do you think about the movie? So it's, you know, it's been about a year since we've seen it. We did rewatch it uh, for this episode. Does it hold up to the first time you saw it, which we saw in the theaters and last night we watched it at home. Yeah. So we did see it pretty close to opening weekend. I know in the pre-get we're like, oh yeah, we'll see it within the the month or the year. But then as it got closer and closer to release date, we heard more and more buzz. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, we want to see this before it gets spoiled. So we saw it, I think, opening weekend. And I really enjoyed it. Yes, it had plot holes where you're like, all right, how's this guy getting food down there for like 20 or 40 years? How's that happening? But How does gravity work? 
How does gravity <laughs> work? Oh, like when mama goes to save yeah. Tess. Yeah. But all of that, I was able to, I was going to excuse or allow because I loved the movie as a whole so much. Yeah. So plot holes, schmot holes. I, I think that the movie had a great setup in the whole like Airbnb snafu mm-hmm. and you're in this really scary neighborhood. So the whole suspicion that, uh, that Keith and with Keith and Tess, like who's the bad person? Yeah. Is this a trap? I think that gave you enough tension watching it uh, to then when you realize that there's something much worse going on, you're just like, oh, okay. Like it, it did really well in the setup. I think the ending was a little bit unbelievable to, for me. I didn't care. I liked the ending. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was entertaining and I thought that um, it was interesting. I thought it was good, but there were, there were just a lot of things that didn't quite make sense. Not that a horror movie has to make sense. It doesn't. And you know, even though I left the theater thinking this doesn't make sense, but I really don't care just because of execution. Yeah. And I loved all the performances. I loved the, it was almost like three chapters, you know, it was like, we have our cute rom-com of Bill Skarsgård and Georgina Campbell, and they're getting to know one another. And Bill is so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And he has this cute little scene where he's putting the, the duvet cover on his comforter. Where he looks like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, there were some tension relieving yeah. com- comedic moments. It was cute. And then we have our chapter of Justin Long. And then we have our chapter of everything's coming together. It's like the the flashback chapter. So we have four chapters. We get that flashback of the um, the killer. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of chapters in this movie. Really, yeah. They're all interesting. They all gave, came together well, I think. Yeah. And I think because they broke it up the pacing of the movie feels really good as a viewer. Like it, like you get a little bit and just right when you're at the height of the action on the first part, then it's like cut to this other thing. And then you're building up on that and then cut. Like once you get to the height and then it all comes together. Yeah. Like our final scene with Bill Skarsgård, we're just like, whoa, that was intense and cut to Justin Long singing to some Donovan song. Yeah. Does it still hold up? It was my question. Yeah, I think it does hold up. Yeah. Really good movie. One of the best of 2022. I agree. Uh, All right. Let's move on to our award ceremony. So our golden gut. Golden gut. All right. I'm excited for this. Can I go first? Yeah. So, Tony, what element or character do you think stood out above everything in this movie? What gets your golden gut? My golden gut goes to Mama, (gasps) played by Matthew Patrick Davis. Mm. And, uh, you know, she let it all hang out. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Figuratively. No shame. No body shame. <laughs> Love that. Really handing, the, handing her victims that nasty bottle with like the little gross hairs attached to it. Her own spindly hair stuck to the nipple. Force feeding Justin Long. That was like one of the more disturbing scenes to the point where it just makes you laugh. You know, where you're so uncomfortable. You're yeah. just like, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. She was, she was so caring. So and maternal. so sad, so tragic. It was so tragic. Okay, 
So I was kind of back and forth between the writing because I thought the writing was so good and giving you these little nuggets of Justin Long's character until we finally get the last nugget of his character. And you're like, oh no, he's terrible. And I, I do like that he let us know through his writing that he's a bad person. You don't have to feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. And instead of like letting it be ambiguous, I'm glad that he just told us. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to give him the benefit of the doubt or not. Um, I'm glad in the end we're like, okay, no, we can, we can seriously not like him. Thank you, Zach Kreiger. But ultimately, I gave it to Mama. She went for it and she was <laughs> so caring. And the more we saw of her, we're like, oh, she's not terrifying. She just wants a baby. She just wants a baby. <laughs> Poor Mama. And even in the moment uh, where she knew it was her end, she had a gun pointed in her face. Yeah. She gave us that one little final caress and was like, bah, 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 or mum, mum. She's trying to articulate the words that she knows to Tess. And she actually holds her hands to her mouth and kisses her her fingers and then touches it to Georgina. It's like she knows it's her end. <laughs> so sad. But she does not regret saving her baby's life. So yeah, golden gut goes to mama. <laughs> All right. Um, what gets your best intestine award? The best intestine is for the best or your favorite death of the movie. Sometimes I give the best intestine to whosoever death I view as the most tragic. Uh-huh. And I was going back and forth between Water Tower Man and Mama. Water Tower Man. Because he got deep blue seed, by got, the way. Yeah. He, like, and you know what's going to happen <laughs> when someone is framed in this way where they're like super symmetrical and they're not turning around and you can see like a, an abyss behind them. Like, oh man, just turn around. He gets jumped from behind by Mama and his arm is ripped off and he's beat to death by his own <laughs> arm. And you're just like, that's not fair. Poor water tower man. Yeah, poor guy, poor guy. He's just minding his own business and bothers to help Tess and whatever Justin Long. Yeah. (laughs) He helps them totally selfless and he gets beat to death by his own arm. Not fair, but still... Wait, so he got your goal, your best he intestine? Almost got my best oh, intestine. That was a lot of lot of uh sound like you were gonna give. I him was your... about to last night. I was like, he's getting my best intestine for sure until the heartbreaking moment with mama. She swan dove off of that water tower to save She Tess. defied gravity to save Tess. She jumped I mean, off of a water tower. A couple of seconds after Tess and somehow landed on the floor before. That was an Olympic style dive. She went really fast because of aerodynamics. She broke the air. Um, it's like the feather and the. The bowling ball. Yeah. Tess was the feather. Well, you know, they hadn't quite, they didn't have time to reach terminal velocity at that point, but I'm thinking because of aerodynamics, I know nothing about aerodynamics. <laughs> Besides, if something's pointy, it might go faster. I don't know. <laughs> she made her body really thin and Tess was like all splayed out on her back as she was falling. So maybe she was catching the wind like a squirrel. Yeah. Like a flying squirrel. Yeah. And that's how mama was able to catch up with her. And then when she's caressing Tess and she's saying, baby, so, so tragic. And then she's shot. So I think ultimately I'm giving it to mama as well. To mama. All right. To mama. Yeah. What what gets your best? Dear mama. 
Don't you know that you're something to do, mama? What are the words? I don't know. Made it up. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> My best intestine award goes to Justin Long mm. for the eye gouge slash head pry that he received from mama. Yeah, the eyeball jelly. And not because I feel bad for him, just because it was an awesome way to kill off a character that everybody hated. So people were kind of, I, I saw people in tears standing up clapping in the theater no you didn't <laughs> no <but laughs> <laughs> throwing roses at the screen yay i want to see someone show up to a, a movie movie theater not even a premiere with roses <laughs> <laughs> what is your second kidney award the second kidney award it goes to the character who you would most likely want to see in a spinoff or a sequel. At first I was like, nothing. I don't want this to be remade or rebooted or sequeled or anything. But then I thought, okay, that's cheating. I have to pick something. <laughs> Gotta pick something. They Gotta always something. do remakes and reboots. They do. And I thought, okay, the only way I could see this working and not being a total flop would be as if Mama obviously comes back in a just before prequel oh so the mama prequel the mama prequel but you, it's one of those things where it's like you don't know it's a prequel you just think it's like another continuation of mama down in the basement with like of course you know the terrible bad man down there also but mostly mama showcasing mama and that movie ends with maybe like some preteens walking around the neighborhood they happen to walk into the house because it's unlocked. They take the previous tenant's luggage and their car. The maid comes and then Bill Skarsgård checks in. Oh. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, this was a prequel. Crazy. Yeah. If Ty West had directed Barbarian, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe the cops steal. And then like the cops are in on it. That's why the cops didn't help Georgina. Mm, in the first those, yeah those lame cops yeah that's why they were so unwilling to listen to her because watching them just like oh come on <laughs> she's obviously not as she said a crackhead or crazy like she's speaking very deliberately and and look at her teeth yeah perfectly shiny white teeth. so i'm thinking they are in on it they probably are the ones that go into this house steal the previous occupants luggage and car yeah and then the maid comes none the wiser like oh they left clean it up for the next one you know funny you should mention that because that is my second kidney award it goes to the lame cops and i want to see <laughs> them in a sequel getting mamad because they are deserving characters for turning a blind eye. Exactly. For They're going to be in a jigsaw trap. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be like a mashup of Saw <laughs> and Barbarian and Spiral. So it's one of those crossover it's movies. Like a, it's a detective movie. Yeah, it's a crossover movie. So it's JVM, Jigsaw versus Mama. Jigsaw versus Mama. <laughs> it sounds like a great uh, start of a new horror series. Yeah. yeah. And what would get your axe? This was the easiest one for me. The axe is going oh, to go it. to Justin Long's tape measuring exactly. scene. Exactly. <laughs> Same. And that even beat out the ending, which I was almost wanting to give the axe to that whole like he's he's uh, in the basement, just obliviously measuring out square footage so that he could add value to his house was 
the dumbest scene in the movie for me. It was funny, yes, but totally unnecessary. Especially as he's going deeper and deeper with this lame, tiny little tape measure. And he's not even writing anything down. He's just like, I'm going to remember this. Nine feet? Okay, I'm going to add this. No, <laughs> he's just aimlessly measuring to no purpose. And I would maybe keep the first bit of tape measure, but once he went even deeper, I'm like, okay, no, scrap it. Don't need this tape measure bit. I did like the parallel, and I realized this last night, Tess says in the beginning, men can just breeze through life and do whatever. Women have to be very cautious. Yeah. So the juxtaposition between how she first goes into the basement, how she's terrified, and just trying to basically save Keith, but she's crying and scared, whereas Justin Long's like, oh, awesome. This is going to be good for me. I have no fear whatsoever. Yeah, that was a very clever little bit of the movie that I think made that whole opening bit work so well. Mm -hmm. And then it's just reinforced once you meet Justin Long's character. Yeah, but still, the tape measure scene was a bit too much, especially <laughs> once he gets into the second tier of the basement. I posed that question to our listeners. Is that scene getting the axe for you or did you enjoy it? Did you think it was funny? Yeah. Do you want to see did, more of it? We're not shaming you. If, hey, everything's valid. You <laughs> love that tape measure scene, then cool. <laughs> it's a cool break in tension. It is. Before all of that um, dark and, you know, scary stuff happens. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to our blockbuster rating? Yes, because we love blockbuster so much and we have a blockbuster VHS cover in our background. Yeah. And a neon sign that says make it a blockbuster night. Nope. It says be kind of rewind. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> we don't turn around very much. <laughs> I did turn around as I said, I was like, wait, uh, that sounds like too many words for what's actually back there. Anyways, we love blockbuster. We, we love Hollywood video. We love. We all. also love the mom and pop shops. So if you're out there being like, oh, blockbuster shut down the mom and pop shops. We know we still love them all. <laughs> Every single video store. So where does barbarian land in your blockbuster. Is it going to be a bargain bin movie? Is it going to be in the back alley dumpster? Is it going to be a main shelf movie or is this a staff pick for you? If I had a best of 2022, it would definitely be in my staff pick for 2022. Uh, so like, let's say I saw this in, I don't know, October or November. Mm -hmm. It would be in my staff pick for at least December and probably January of 2023. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I would rotate it back to my main shelf. I can get on board with that. I want to give this a staff pick as well. I thought uh, Zach Krieger, this is his first horror movie. He did an amazing job with it. There are definitely a few things that um, like it wasn't perfect, but it was damn good. Mm -hmm. And it really surprised a lot of people. And I think it was one of the favorites of 2022 which was loaded with all kinds of great horror movies. So that's saying a lot. So yeah, it's really going to get a staff pick for me as well. Uh, like permanently? Well, how many staff picks do I get? You get like five? five. No, it's not my one of my top five movies. Okay, yeah. so it's like a rotating. Yeah. For if me you want to see what my top five movies are, go to our very first episode. Yeah. And then you'll see what are my top five staff pick horror movies. Yeah. But if it's on a rotating basis... It's going to be in my staff pick for a couple months. For yeah, sure. it's a rotating staff pick. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> and that brings us to our Letterboxd rating. We back when we first saw this, we gave this four stars on Letterboxd out of five. 
And our criteria for four stars is we have to solidly like it, solidly like it, but at least one thing that we love. And I think I agree with that. We solidly liked it. And there was at least one thing that we loved. I loved Mama. Yes. A solid four out of five on mm -hmm. Letterboxd. Yeah. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd, you can go is. to our link tree. Yeah. Visit us on Instagram and, and our link tree. You can find our Letterboxd link there. Uh, and then the final thing for this episode, is there anything that you learned from watching Barbarian? <laughs> Horror movies are educational. So what did you learn from Barbarian? All right. My lesson learned from Barbarian is that when you're booking an Airbnb, make sure to check the neighborhood beforehand and yeah. just, you know, do a little research, maybe a little like, I don't know, well, Google, Google map, Google, Earth. yeah, Google street view kind of thing. Yeah. Cause that neighborhood was straight up horrible. And yet Tess decided to rent cause the house looked cute. The house was cute from the, the curb. There've been so many times that, um, Elise and I have booked a hotel that looked cute when we booked it online and we got there and it was real bad. Like they did a lot of Photoshopping or, yeah. or whatever. And yeah. And some, like it, had we just done street view, we would have seen that this was the cross the street from a freeway exit. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't. Uh, What's the lesson that you've learned? I learned airplane face mask mentality. Okay. You cannot help someone unless you put your face mask on first. When she was going deeper into the basement to save Keith and he's screaming for help. No, that is when you need to book it out of there, drive to the nearest police station and say somebody has been kidnapped in the depths of this house that I'm renting. But he would have died. I guess he died anyways. So he was yeah. going to die anyway. And she didn't even have a weapon in her hand. She had her phone and that's it. And she looked terrified and yes, very brave of her. But she didn't even have like a pipe in her hand to like smack anyone over yeah. the head. That was one of the things about her character is that she was so smart. And cautious. They going kept, into the movie. They kept like zooming in on her locking the door after going to the bathroom, after going to bed. There was one time she didn't lock the door, but she regretted it. So I'm yeah. just like, learn your lesson of not locking that door that one time. It was creepy and something obviously opened up your bedroom door and it wasn't Keith because he was on the couch sleeping anyway. Same. <laughs> Airplane face mask mentality. Yeah. Help yourself. Save yourself just like Justin Long. All right. No, not save yourself, <laughs> but you cannot help someone unless you have helped yourself first. All right. <laughs> Does that apply to Justin as well? No, nothing applies to him. Sorry, AJ. AJ? His character's name. Oh, I didn't know. I was like, oh. We always refer to the actor's names, but we should really be referring to the character's names because it's not Justin Long. Do not think that Justin Long. He's playing himself. Is a skeezer. Justin Long is He's a great Justin guy. Long. He's a great. He's been in all these great horror movies and he, always does weird, crazy stuff. You know, I applaud Justin Long for being down with these <laughs> unsavory characters. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Any last words on Barbarian? Check it out. Check it out. This was a great movie, 2022. If you haven't already seen it, it's definitely worth the watch. You can find it on Hulu and HBO Max, I That's believe. True. Um, or you can rent it or buy it. You should buy, buy it. it. 
because you might get some cool. Actually, we should buy it. We, we don't should know buy it. it. We didn't buy it. Yeah, we love looking at the special features on Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, it usually gives you so much more little tidbits and fun stuff about the movie. After so. seeing it the second time, I'm I'm open to buying it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us for our first ever post gut episode and yeah. thanks again for our patreon members Thank for you, supporting patreon the numbers. channel tell your friends tell random people walking down the street that they should sign up and become a patron you know and we're looking forward to doing some more fun stuff so make sure to give us some feedback chat we yeah. we have all of the the channels message us let us know what you are interested in seeing are there any pre-guts that we reviewed that we have not done? A, well, obviously, most of them. Anyway, <laughs> just let us know what you want to hear. What do you want to see? All we'll right. do it. We promise. Thanks, and this has been another episode of Got, Got It. it.